Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler, and I am really excited this week to be joined by Alex Reamer, who is our new Deputy Managing Editor at Outsports.com. But before we get to the conversation with Alex, I didn't want to bury the lead this week. There is obviously worldwide conversation about the coronavirus, and attention has turned in the last week or so to the Olympic Games. That's something I've been thinking about ever since hearing about this, trying to figure out how they are going to allow competitors from, at the time, a month ago was just China, but now as the coronavirus spreads around the world, how they're going to allow all these competitors to get together in Tokyo and compete with one another. And a few days ago, a member of the IOC said they're thinking about canceling the games, but they have until about May to figure that out. There have been written statements by the IOC saying that's not true. We're moving full speed ahead. Who knows what is going to happen? But what I do know is that if the Olympic Games were canceled, it will only be either the third or fourth time that's ever happened. The only thing that's ever canceled it is World War. And for, so, i.e., it takes a lot to cancel the Olympic Games. There's so much money poured into it. There are the hopes and dreams of so many people that, that are poured into the Olympic Games. All of the lead up to it, all of the training, and I find it hard to believe that they would actually cancel the games. I think it would. I think it would take a real turn of events with the coronavirus for that to happen. There have been plenty of outbreaks and various things in and around the Olympic Games before, and of course, this is the latest, and this is the one everybody's panicking about. I even saw some people are advocating for March Madness to be the games of March Madness to be played in empty arenas with no fans whatsoever because there's some claim that uh, you have fans and you're putting the health uh, you're putting the health of athletes at risk uh, and certainly the health of athletes is paramount but there are plenty of other things that go around. There's a lot of talk about the flu and the power of the flu. The flu takes tens of thousands of lives in the United States every year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people looking to overreact and panic um, about the Tokyo Olympic Games and the coronavirus. I, I at this point, find it hard to believe that it's going to be canceled. It would be, it would be really disappointing if it got canceled. Uh, at Outsports, you know, for just for one example, the Olympic Games is something we look forward to every two years, and uh, we have big plans to cover it at Outsports. So it'll be a, a big disappointment for us. But obviously, we'll be watching for this, and you know, by I would say May or June, we should know for sure. And in my conversation with Alex this week, we talk about all of this. We talk about. Uh, the coronavirus and the possibility of the canceling of the games, what it means, the possibility of moving the games. We also talk a lot about a, a topic that's been of, of great interest around outsports for years, and that is the quote-unquote sexualization of athletes um, using <laughs> what today we call thirst to drive clicks and talk about sports. 
And it's interesting because over the years, I think there's been a lot of interest in the Olympics amongst gay men in particular because of, frankly, the hot athletes. Uh, Alex and I get to talk about this this week. Uh, and like I said, I'm really excited to have Alex join me. Um, I've known him for a few years. I don't think we've, we've actually never met. We've just talked a lot. And a couple of years ago, Alex made a misstep on the radio when he said something he shouldn't have. And I always say that we should judge people not by their mistakes, but by how they handle them. And I've always been so impressed with how Alex has handled himself, how he's grown as a person, how he's grown as a gay man, grown as a journalist, grown as a, a sports talk personality. And he's a different guy uh, on air and in sports media than he was two years ago. And so, you know, when it, we, a couple months ago when our deputy managing editor position opened up uh, and, and Alex reached out and said, uh, hey, tell me about this. It, it just it, it, it was the perfect match. And we're so glad to have Alex. Uh, and I'm so glad to have Alex joining me this week on the podcast. So here it is, Alex Reamer. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined now by Alex Reamer, who was good enough to get up uh, this, this afternoon for me. Alex is working an overnight shift for CBS Sports. Tell us, for everybody who wants to get into sports radio and sports media, about all the glamour of working in the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. Oh, so there's nothing more glamorous than walking into an empty radio station in your sweatpants in the wee hours of the morning, sitting alone in a darkened room, uh, talking about, you know, Giannis and James Harden. I'm telling you, there's nothing more glamorous than that. <laughs> do, do you, is it, does it show, do you take calls? Oh, yeah. I'm talking to Mississippi, Texas, Alabama. I'm talking to the whole country. It's, it's very different, Sid. You know, I mean, I heard my whole life, you know, the stick I had in Boston when I worked at WEI, the, one of the main sports talk stations in Boston, was, oh, I mean, my stick, like, nationally, the openly gay sports host never worked. But, you know, the deep south have taken a move in there, Sid. I think they're really taking a liking to me down there. We'll see. Are you, but are you the gay sportscaster on this show? Or are you just like, you're just Alex Reamer, the guy who's talking about, the, like you said, the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes, we're very, a Kansas, barely stuck by Kansas State today. We'll see what that does for their tournament. Hopes it. Yes. Uh, no, I played a little, a little straighter with the national audience. But, you know, I think for any show to be successful, you got to be yourself at the end of the day. So, you know, get more comfortable with time. Well, and, and you, so you've been with Outsports now. You've been with us for, what, four weeks, six weeks? Uh, I think a little more. I started mid-January, so yeah, we're coming on six weeks. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't screwed it up yet. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you have. You just haven't had your your three month uh, your three month evaluation yet. So. Uh oh. <laughs> jokes, 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 jokes. I'm curious. You and I have not had this conversation, so it's, this is not staged for the listeners. Um, but sure. like, give me give me a takeaway or two from Outsports. Like, what what have you seen? What have you learned? Um, you know, the thing that's interesting is, I mean, my whole life I've been a sports writer, but I've really only written about the quote unquote four major sports. And frankly, to be honest, the three major sports, basketball, football, baseball, you know, not so much hockey. Um, so obviously, you know, working without sports, I've broadened my horizons. And, you know, I wrote about a, a netball player in the UK the other day uh, by the name of Sarah Bayman, who came out a few years ago and she's, you know, with her fiance now. So, you know, it's given me a lot more exposure to really the international sports scene, too. But, you know, I think my big takeaway, Sid, and this is something that we did talk about 
you know, and have talked about, you know, since I've come on board is, you know, I think what we do without sports is not as much about the sports itself, but it's about the people. It's about out athletes, LGBTQ athletes doing their thing. And, you know, that's just been fun for me to talk to cool people. Like, you know, the other day I spoke to Alex Donovan, who you profiled, I think, five years ago at this point. He's yeah. the first, you know, openly gay NCAA wrestler, came out in high school, a really harrowing story. And now you look at him five years later, all the great things he's doing. Like, that's the really cool thing about me. The fact that's a really cool thing about out sports to me is that it gives me that platform to connect with with really cool people and, you know, who are doing their thing. Well, I'll tell you, I don't watch sports anymore. I almost never watch sports because, frankly, it doesn't really matter uh, whether the Lakers beat the Bulls or uh, if um, if Todd Gurley is able to break a rushing record. None, none of this really matters for what we do at Outsports, to your point. It's, not, it's, it's less about the sports and it's more about the people in the sports, like you said. So I, don't, I barely well, watch sports anymore. I, dis- I disagree vehemently, as Sid, as a CBS Sports radio host, that Todd Gurley's rushing record does not matter. I disagree vehemently, but I digress. <laughs> no, no, I get it, but for out sports, it doesn't matter. Yes, no, 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 of course, of course. It really, is, it really is about the people. And even, you know, I think even the best general sports writing, if you will, is not so much about the games or the X's and O's, but it's about the people. It's about the storylines. At the end of the day, that's why I continue to, I mean, like you, my sports watching has fallen off a bit in recent years, you know, ever since the Trump presidency. I, I found it a little silly sometimes to obsess over, you know, a, a May baseball game like I used to do. Um, but, you know, I, I think all good sports writing in general and writing in general is at the end of the day about people more than it is about a specific sport or, or even topic. And honestly, I think that's why we've talked about this before many times at Outsports. But the Olympics are are of huge interest to our readership and of huge interest to the to the LGBTQ community, and I think a huge interest to people who aren't even in the sports. Because the Olympics, yes, of course, people are super interested. And in if you Usain Bolt can break the world record and Michael Phelps win the eight medals, and yes, what happens uh, in the Olympic Games are of interest. But it is it's the people, it's the stories around the Olympics. People are, are in their living room cheering for some somebody they've never heard about and, and jumping up and down and screaming. It's 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 the stories that 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 you tell around the Olympics. I think that's why NBC does such a does such a good job with it. They just tell the, the story of the athletes. Yeah, I mean it's really a human interest event, and they package it in a primetime special. There's no doubt about it. I mean. You know, my gay friends, uh, you know, don't watch any sports ever, uh, but they all watch the Olympics. Why? Because they're attracted to the stories. Or at least they'll follow the Olympics. Well, and, it, and what's interesting, I, I, you know, I, I do think that the, the stories are a big part of it. But, you know, I, I think a big part of the reason that gay men like the Olympics, too, is the eye candy. I, I think that mm-hmm. there... You get you know, guys in speedos and guys in those wrestling singlets and the and I don't even know what you call the gymnastics outfits. What are the gymnastics outfits? Uh, there, I think that that a lot of gay men like to watch Olympics because of the eye candy, and I and I, I think that's a that's a that's a fine like legit part of of Olympic fandom is just is just the eye candy, the sports and these athletes with these beautiful bodies that you just don't get to see the rest of the year. President company included. I mean, I'm a huge Adam Rippon fan. 
why. I'm not necessarily a huge figure skating fan or skating fan, but I love Adam Ritten, Adam Rippen. I love that he wears a harness. I think he's hot. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gus Kenworthy. I mean, that's his whole appeal. I know that's not an Olympic athlete, but why is Gus Kenworthy such an icon in the gay community? Are there you know, people who have huge uh, winter sports snowboarding fans? No, they just think he looks really hot. And like you, I don't think there's an issue with that city. You know, to, to go on it a, diff, a little a bit of a different level, but it applies to the same topic. When I was, you know, a regular talk show host in Boston, you know, I would once in a while, I don't want to say sexualize that, but you'd make comments, oh, he's really good looking and whatnot. And, you know, I would get some blowback, like, oh, come on, that's wildly inappropriate. But I'd say, wait a minute. I mean, women are sexualized all the time on mainstream sports talk. So why can't men be if, if I happen to be into men? So, yeah, I think that is a huge reason why Olympic athletes in general kind of take on a lot of these, uh, these large followings, uh, you know, in the gay community. And I don't think there's an issue with that at all. I think it's totally, totally fine for that to be part of the draw, like, like you do, I think. Well, a lot of people – so outsports used to be about a, a lot more thirst. And yes. we have gotten way away. The, the, the photo galleries we would post 10 years ago, we would never post today. And I whenever, heard that at the wrong time, I guess, then. Yeah, yeah, see? Well, you know, again, you, we try to find good photos for, for articles, and we want to, you know, we want to use photos where the athletes are looking their best and their most handsome and their prettiest. But we don't – Outsports isn't thirsty the way that it used to be. And we used to get so much criticism, not from straight people, but from gay men saying that we were doing a disservice to the community, that because, you know, we were showing the world that we are exactly what they think they are, that we're always obsessed with sex. And we always said, when Sports Illustrated stops publishing their swimsuit issue, right. we'll stop posting these photo calories. Right, or ESPN, the magazine, when it used to be around, would do the body issue. There's no doubt about it. And I'd also say, Sid, you know, men in general are obsessed with sex. It's not just gay men. It's men in general. It's not a gay man thing. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a gay thing. It's a guy thing. That's what I used to right, say. Right, exactly. Uh, but today, I think there is just less sexualization in general in sports media, uh, including of the women. And maybe I'm wrong. But it seems like because there has been so much shaming about it mm -hmm. over the years, um, and particularly how, you know, I, I went back and I looked at Sports Illustrated. Uh, every single time a woman was on the cover of a Sports Illustrated from 19 whenever, 1950-something to today. And it is interesting how it has evolved. And it was, there were decades when it was only pretty girls in swimsuits and once a year you would have a tennis player and that was it. If it, if they weren't in a pretty swimsuit or it was the U S open or Wimbledon, they, the women were never on the cover. And today I think that's different. And, and just because it's not the coverage of women is not always sexual. It's not always sexualizing right. the way that it was for so long. No, it's not. It's totally gone in a different direction. Um, you know, I think there's this notion, Sid, that if you are a gay sports journalist in particular, you know, if you sexualize athletes, you come across as less serious. And I think that's why you see a lot of people get away from that. But, you know, I don't think that's the case. I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think you can tell good stories. I think you can tell serious stories as we do it out sports and still 
say, hey, that he has a great body. Let's celebrate that. Or he's very handsome. Let's celebrate that. I, I think you can do both. But for whatever reason, there's this perception that it's not serious or it's a little derogatory or it's a little or it's belittling, too. I think there's a perception out there in the gay community, too, in the LGBT community that, oh, it's belittling to really sexualize you know, an open athlete where, again, I think it can be part of celebrating the athlete's entire package. Well, everybody, hang tight for a couple minutes as we uh, have this quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Alex Reamer. We're back with Alex Reamer. Alex, you were talking about uh, how people would judge you as a sports journalist if you talk about uh, the appearance of, of male athletes. And mm-hmm. I, I, actually think, I actually think they have a point. And I'll tell you that for me okay. personally, I, over the years, I used to say whatever I wanted. And I would sexualize people and talk about me wanting to sleep with them. And I, I did find that as I started doing more serious journalism, as I started really digging into stories, researching stories, breaking news, that that stuff, it, it felt, while as a sports fan, I think it's totally fine to do that, it, it felt beneath me at, at some point, and I just yeah. stopped doing it. And maybe that's, that's wrong. It's just, that's, but I guess well, it's not wrong. It's just how I personally felt. Um, I, I think you're right. It doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily for everybody. Um, but for me, it just it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like this, this person, this journalist that I was trying to become would be doing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't do that either. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, that, I don't do that either. Whether I'm a talk show host or writing for, you know, Forbes or writing for Outsports or, you know, I don't. I, I agree with you. I think me personally, that's not the path that I choose to go as a journalist either. But you know, I also think you can wear multiple hats. You can write a serious story, and then you could, you know, say I love the Olympics, and yeah, let's let's post, uh, you know, great photos of these athletes. So I, I, that's what I think. That's what I mean when I say I think you can do both. But yeah, if you're just you know, because there are a lot of stories, too, where it's just inappropriate. I mean, if you're telling a serious coming out story or somebody's serious struggles with their identity and, you know, encountering bias and discrimination and homophobia, you know, obviously, I think it'd be inappropriate to delve into the, the more tawdry uh, aspects of, of that, too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you as well. But, you know, I think in general, there, there is room for both on a site like Outsports. You know what? I, one of the criticisms that so so people used to say that we were you know un, un, undermining the undermining the gay community by sexualizing athletes. I don't think that's true at all. And I, as we talked about, it's a it's not a gay thing; it's a guy thing. But one right. of the things that one of the criticisms that I do think was fair is that too often with these um, when we would post about hot athletes whether it's in the Olympics or whether it's in March Madness, my own personal taste just was, a, was too present in the editorial choices that we were making. And so it was a lot of the same looking guy, right? Short what is hair. your taste? Oh, what is my hair? taste? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah short hair, um, very fit, um, taller, and, and, you know, as learning that the community, because, again, I was in my early to mid-20s, and whatever I thought was that, was that was the gospel. And as I learned more about the community and different people's tastes, uh, A, I've noticed my taste just totally broadening. 
But B, I look back at that and I think, yeah, I, I actually, I actually don't like that that I was doing that. You would not find an offensive lineman in my, my in my uh, gallery of the hottest guys in the NFL. <laughs> well, well, that's good to know. Um, no, I, I, I think that what's most, I think what's important there, and we talk about this as well when you know we talk about kind of where we want to highlight our coverage is about highlighting all of the diversity in the community. I mean, like you, I have a certain taste, and if I was just doing thirst traps, a few of my tastes, there would be, it would be predominantly, if not exclusively, cisgender men. And obviously, the yeah. LGBTQ community goes a lot further than just cisgender men, which is why I think it's important, and, you know, let's pat ourselves on the back a little, Sid. I think we have, you know, a very diverse staff. You know, Don, of course, is our uh, managing editor. We have, uh, you know, we have Carly as well is, is trans. So we have, you know, I think a diverse staff now where everybody has their different tastes. But if it's just, you know, if it's it just me and Jim, three gay, white, cisgender dudes posting our personal tastes, yeah, I can see why we wouldn't be highlighting the beauty of all of the community. Yeah, and, and you know, as I look ahead to, to how we're going to cover these Olympics, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's sometimes tough, again, not to gravitate toward the athletes that you want to look at and overcover for me overcover swimming and overcover track and field because those are the like the, the the hot fit athletes that i tend to uh be attracted to and and so it's you know you, we, we have to make sure that we are covering equestrian and then all these other sports where a i don't have an interest in the sport and b um guys in coattails just don't really do it for me well, I'll make sure that maybe we will uh, lead the equestrian beats it so you can focus on your track and field athletes this summer. <laughs> <laughs> if the Olympics even happen, I, I uh, you know, Dan and I were supposed to go to, to Germany in about six weeks, and, and we're rethinking taking that trip. And I mean, what it seems like every day we wake up and there's some kind of new bad development. And the IOC is literally, I don't know if you saw this, they're literally talking about maybe not having the Olympics this year. Our president told us it was a hoax, the coronavirus. What do you mean? It's, it's not. It's a real thing. Um, no, I, I, I have seen that. Um, it's interesting because so the IOC, they're giving themselves roughly a three-month timetable saying they don't have to make a final decision until the end of May. But, you know, as you know, Sid, the preparations for the Olympics take a hell of a lot longer than two months. So, you know, even though a final decision might not be made until May, uh, they're going to have to put the wheels in motion a lot sooner than that. Uh, ultimately, I think that the Olympics will be held in Tokyo this summer because there's too much money to be made. These broadcasting contracts are locked in. You know, reservations are booked. Sponsorships are booked. Uh, moving the Olympics on such short notice is not a possibility. If you talk about postponements, again, we run into the issue of NBC in the fall has NFL broadcast rights. We run into NBA broadcast rights. So it's just capitalism rules the day here. And I think, you know, if unless we have unless this just gets worse and worse and worse um i think you know money rules the day and the olympics they'll, they'll do all they can to put it on even if you know we still have some some health issues, some health questions I, I just think the money there's just too much money at stake here boy i hope this gets a lot better because losing the olympics i mean it, it is such whether you're talking about eye candy or inspiration or like we were talking about the stories that get told about the athletes it's so fun. It's so inspirational. It's like, there's no negativity around it. I just, uh, I, I really, that would just be, 
crushing blow to the sports world. I mean, they've only been canceled three times, World Wars. So it would be it would be a yep. historical event, no doubt about it. The one thing that concerns me in general, said about the coronavirus, is we don't know really what the truth is. I mean, the Chinese government, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Chernobyl situation where you're not exactly sure what's true, what isn't true. Unfortunately, I think similar themes are evident out of our White House, too. Uh, you know, Japan, of course, uh, Prime Minister Abe has been criticized for their slow response, their initial slow response to the coronavirus outbreak. So that's the other problem, too, where you have this, uh, you know, this perversion of truth that we're seeing globally uh, in a lot of these major countries and major economies. It's, it's hard to exactly see, you know, what, where we're going here and who to trust and who you can't trust outside of, uh, you know, medical professionals. Alex, are you much of an Olympics fan? A little bit, a little bit. I watch for the eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have, I, I ask this of every guest, do you have a favorite Olympian? Uh, can I still say Adam Rippon? I love the I was attitude. Say Adam. Adam, but not I love, Gus. You like Adam more than Gus, huh? I do. I'm more of, a, I'm more of an Adam Rippon fan than a Gus Kenworthy fan. Yeah, I love his attitude. You know, I love that, again, he wears harnesses for award shows. I love that he's proudly gay. That's, that, that's something that I really enjoy, you know, because I feel like, and we've moved past this, but, you know, the notion of, okay, you're an openly gay man, but, you know, you, you don't necessarily wear that on your sleeve. Oh, no, honey, he wears that on his sleeve. And I think, and I think it's great. So I, I was a big fan of the way he carried himself in 2016. And, uh, you know, any athlete who, who, who's, who's a little more provocative when they're on the world stage like that, I generally, I generally enjoy them and, and want to follow them. And I'll tell you, he is the nicest guy. He is so, um, so uh, easy to talk to, generous, with his time, just, and, and just friendly. Like I, 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 he's one of my favorite person I've ever gotten to spend time with, with in and around Outsports over the 20 years. And uh, it's, he's just, he's one of the, one of those guys I wish I could spend more time with. Um, but he's, he's just, every time I do, it is an absolute pleasure. I love that guy. Yeah, he seems it, seems it. And, uh, you know, and, and we'll see, we'll see who else catches our attention in the Olympics. And that's the thing too, you know, of all these new, you know, all these new athletes every year, there's, there's several of them who really kind of jump into the mainstream. And then the fun part is once you get invested with them throughout the Olympics to see what they do after the Olympics and what they do with their platforms. That's really cool as well. Yeah. All right, Alex. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know that you're, uh, it's, it's, it's in the middle of the night for you right now, uh, essentially, with your, your crazy radio schedule. But I appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, and if you, uh, where are you, where are you on social media? Where should the people be following you? If the people want to follow me, at AlexReamer1 is the Twitter handle. That's at AlexReamer1. Get me up there. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Alex. And we'll talk to you soon. Sid, always a pleasure. I also want to plug Alex's podcast that he has on the Outsports podcast platform, uh, the Sports Kiki. It's uh, Sports Kiki Pod on Twitter. And he's had some great guests so far. Steve Buckley is another one of those people. He's just one of my favorites I've met in and around Outsports. Uh, he talks to uh, uh, Troy Ryan, <laughs> who is a porn star and who kind of is, it has a great story about being driven at a baseball and then finding uh, gay porn. So definitely check out Alex's podcast on uh, the Outsports platform, the Sports Kiki. 
Uh, and uh, as I said before, my conversation with Alex, just be kind of watching the headlines now for uh, information about the upcoming games with the coronavirus. Are people qualifying for the games now? And, uh, you know, dreams are either going to be met or broken, depending on what the IOC decides uh, with holding the Tokyo Olympics uh, due to the coronavirus. So fingers crossed that nothing changes there. Uh, but I know that next week I'll be back with more conversation in and around the Olympics on five rings to rule them all. We will talk to you then.